you're making. And if you're not a biological mom or you've got children that are gone, you're still sowing into their lives. And I want to tell you, we need spiritual moms as much as we need biological moms today. You've got generations of kids that are out there that have no mothers and fathers, and, and they need that support. They need that love. So there's many aspects of mothers. Moms wear many, many hats, lots of them. You know, it's kind of a, for, for, for Davine and I, Mother's Day is a great thing, but, you know, we, we lost a couple of children, and, and sometimes Davine's sad about that, but, you know, the thing of it is is that our children have got the greatest father, the greatest situation that they can ever be in in heaven. So we can rejoice in that, even though it's, it's a sad thing, but we can rejoice in that. And why? Because we put our faith in Jesus. We put our trust in Him. That's where, it's, it's, that's where our joy comes from. That's where our help comes from. Mothers have become many things in life today. They're multitaskers. And I want to start in Exodus chapter 1 in verse 15. Now the king of Egypt, and I'm just going to just kind of tell you about this. I won't necessarily read it all. But then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives of whom the name of one was Sifra. The name of the other was Puah. And he said, when, do you, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on their birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it's a daughter, they shall live. See, the plan the king had was to control the population of the Hebrews because he realized that if the Hebrews get too populated, they could overtake us in our, in our kingdom. They could overtake Egypt. And so they were going to try to kill all the male children. But if you read on, here's what it says. But the midwives feared God. That's the first key for any mom. Fear God. Have a reverence of God. And they did not obey the king of Egypt, what he commanded them. But they saved the male children. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said, Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And again, the midwives said to the pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They're lively. They give birth before the midwife can get there. Right. All right. Therefore, God, now look at this. In verse 20, therefore, God dealt well with the midwives. They obeyed God and he blessed the midwives. Because, you know, I would have thought in those days, the king said, you didn't obey me. I'm going to kill all of you. But he didn't. Thank God. That he didn't, but thank God they obeyed him. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this. I want to go back to Exodus chapter 2, and I'm going to talk about mothers. One aspect of mom is moms are brave and they're protective of their children. Now, I don't know about you, do not cross Mama Bear. I remember I, I heard a, a testimony one time, I think it was Smith Wigglesworth, phenomenal healing ministry. and and there was this baby that they brought to him that was all crippled up. And Smith Wigglesworth dropped the baby on the floor and kicked it across the floor. And as the baby rolled, it arms untangled. And it, I'm going to tell you something. A 10-foot angel with a fiery flaming sword is going to have to come down, stand in my chest before I'm going to drop some mama's baby. I'm telling you. Because you drop mama's baby before that baby hits the floor, mama's got the baby and got you by the throat. I'm just saying. Moms are protective. They're brave and protective. And I want to go to Exodus chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, And a man of the house of Levi went and took as his wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. 
But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of brushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Now, we're talking about Josebed. This is Moses' mother. Now, again, the male children were supposed to be killed, but she hid the baby for as long as she could hide the baby, protected the baby. But then the courage that it had to have taken. And here's the, here's the one thing you need to, you need to, that you need to get from this, all of this. She trusted God with her child. That is a hard thing for moms and even dads to do. You get to, you've raised them. You put all your life into them, and then you've got to say, all right, God, I'm cutting them loose, and I'm, I'm going to trust that you're in your, they're in your care. How hard that, I mean, she tossed him into the Nile River. You know, crocodile could have swallowed him up, or he could have been found and killed immediately. But God, she trusted the Lord with her child. And I'm telling you, there's no greater trust you can put in no better place you could put your trust for your child is in him. Now, I'm going to read something to you about mothers being protective and courageous and brave. It's the stories told out of World War II and the Holocaust. It took the lives of millions. It's the story of Solomon Rosenberg and his family. This is a true story. Solomon Rosenberg and his wife and their two sons and his mother and father were arrested and placed in Nazi concentration camp. It was a labor camp, and the rules were simple. As long as you could do work, you were permitted to live. When you became too weak to do your work, then you were exterminated. Rosenberg watched his mother and father marched off to their deaths, and he knew that next would be his youngest son, David, because Davis had always been a frail child. Every evening, Rosenberg came back into the barracks after his hours of labor and searched for the faces of his family. When he found them, they would huddle together, embrace one another, and thank God for another day of life. One day, Rosenberg came back, and he didn't see those familiar faces. He finally discovered his oldest son, Joshua, in a corner, huddled and weeping and praying. He said, Josh, tell me it's not true. Josh turned and said, it's true, Papa. Today, David was not strong enough to do his work, so they came for him. But where's your mother, said Rosenberg. Oh, Papa, he said. When they came for David, he was afraid, and he cried. Mama said, there is nothing to be afraid of, David. And she took his hand and went with him. The strength of a mother. The protection of a mother unto death to protect her children. That's the type of things that God puts in mothers today. It's incredible. Today, society wants to place mothers as second-class citizens. You're supposed to be a professional. You're supposed to be out in the working world, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. But the highest call, in my opinion, that a woman has is being a mother, if you are a mother. If you're not a mother, that's fine. But it is a high call because you are impacting human lives. You are impacting a community. You are impacting a society. See, Moms who protected us, supported us, instructed us, they were loyal. Today we say thank you. Thank you. Did you make mistakes? I'm sure you did. But I don't know. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm standing here today before you because I had a faithful praying mom. See, mothers 
have many hats they have to wear today. Mothers will sacrifice. I don't know how many times I grew up. It was just my mom and three kids. And I don't know how many times I'd be somewhere and I'd be calling her for, we didn't have anything. But I'd call her and it, we always seemed to have shoes. We always seemed to have clean clothes. I played sports. I always seemed to have the right athletic shoes. We always seemed to get where we were going. She always seemed to manage. I look back and I do not know how she did that, how she had the strength and the courage to do these things. Moms will sacrifice. Out of the French Revolution comes the story of a mother who wandered through the woods for three days with her two children, trying to survive on roots and leaves. On the third day, she heard some soldiers approaching and quickly hid herself and the children behind some bushes. The sergeant in charge noticed the movement, so he prodded the bushes to see what was stirring behind them. When he saw the starving woman and children, woman and children, he had compassion on them and immediately gave them a loaf of brown bread. A mother took the bread eagerly, broke it into two pieces, gave one piece to each of the two children. The sergeant noticed she had kept none for herself. A soldier asked, is it because she is not hungry? No, the sergeant answered, it's because she's a mother. Now, I don't like saying, there's an old Spanish proverb, I really don't like quoting it, but I will. An ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy. <laughs> See, mom supported us, even when we were not heads. They support us. Even when they're frustrated with us, they support us. My wife, my two children are so blessed with my wife because they, she was so supportive the whole time they grew up. When, we, when, when our, we, they were babies and they would cry, I'd wake right up and I'd say, Honey, the babies are up. And I'd go back to sleep. <laughs> See, I want to go to 1 Samuel in chapter 1 and I want to talk about Hannah who is a supportive mother. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived. Hannah was barren, wanted a son desperately, went before the Lord, asked the Lord for a son. She prayed for many years. Verse 21, Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to, offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice. This was Hannah's husband. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him that he may, may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour, a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And it says in verse 26, And she said, As my Lord, as my, your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition which I ask. Therefore, I have also lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord. There's three things that we can learn from Hannah in this passage. God answers prayers of moms. I say again, I'm standing here as a direct result of a praying mother. I was in college, I'll never forget, I'd be in college, and, you know, being in college, I got exams, and you got stress, and you got jobs, and you got this, and you got that, and these professors are just unrelenting. 
And I'd get on the phone and I'd say, you know, things aren't going good, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. She says, well, are you praying? I'm like, in praying? What's praying got to do with my situation? I got troubles. She says, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking, that's great. Sending money would be better. <laughs> but I'm praying for you. I didn't know. Moms have a direct line to God for somehow. I'm going to tell you right now, children or husbands or anyone else, if you've got a wife or a mother that is praying for you, give up now. It'll just go easier for you. Just give in to it. <laughs> because they're going to get their way because God has a special ear. I'm convinced with moms. What's the second thing we can learn? We should give our children to the Lord for Him to use them as He sees fit. May not be the five-fold ministry. May not be in the pulpit. May be at a workplace. But however God wants to use them, support them in that. There's too many times that we say, this is the direction I want you to go instead of checking in with the Lord, which way do they need to go? I have some grand ideas of what I think my children should be doing. Every once in a while I have to check in with the Lord and say, Lord, what's the direction you have for them and will you talk to them about that? And then the third thing that we can learn is we need to support our children in doing the Lord's will. Wherever he's got them, whatever he's got them, support them in doing the Lord's will. And then, how many mothers know that, or how many uh, moms, moms know, husbands know too, about the instructive mothers? I mean, moms are amazing. You know, I don't know what we think. Now, as a husband, I'm, I'm so, so blessed with the wife that I have, and my kids have no idea how blessed they are with the mother they have yet. My son, who's 24, is now realizing because he'll come over, you know, he's got a wife and, 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 and all that, but he'll come over and he'll have breakfast or something, and he's like, he is so thankful. He is so thankful. You know, not that his wife doesn't cook, but he's just so thankful that, that you know, he comes in and sits down and mom fixes everything, and she's so happy to serve him and all this and that. And six, seven years ago, that wasn't necessarily the case. <laughs> Children learn. But what are they instructed? They're instructed. Moms have such an impact you make a difference. Don't ever think that what you do isn't making a difference because it is. So I'm going to talk about Eunice in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. You might ask yourself, who is Eunice? Eunice is a wonderful mother who changed the world through her children. She was the mother of Timothy. Now, in 2 Timothy um, verse, chapter 1, verse 5, when I call the remembrance that, now listen, this is, this is uh, Paul writing to Timothy. When I recall to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is also in you. See, Eunice taught her son the ways of the Lord. When dads are doing what we do, when we're providing and we're doing all these things as, as men that, that God's called us and asked us to do, when the children are young, mom is the one in their ear, telling him, yes, you can do it. I don't know how many times the sacrifice of my mother did for, I watched with my brother and sister, absolutely selfless. There's just something in them. There's something about moms. Now, was she perfect in everything she did? No. But there wasn't one day that went by that I didn't know that I had a mother that loved me.
Now, we may not all have had that kind of an experience, but there was somebody that was a mother figure in your life somewhere that made a difference and an impact. And then we're going to talk about loyalty. In John chapter 19 and verse 25, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. I can't even imagine, because I'm not a mom. I, as a father, I can't fathom. But as a mother standing, watching your son tortured and brutalized, loyal to the very end, stood by the cross. See, mothers have this wonderful ability that no matter what children do, no matter what they go through, they're loyal. They just don't give up. That doesn't mean they condone everything that you do. They just don't give up. They don't give up on you. Thank God for my mother that just never gave up. I'm going to, you know, today we celebrate strong women. And, and I have no problem with women being strong. But being a strong woman and a woman of strength are two different things. A strong woman works out every day and keeps her body in shape. But a woman of strength kneels in prayer, keeps her soul in, in shape. A strong woman isn't afraid of anything. But a woman of strength shows courage in the midst of fear. A strong woman won't let anyone get the best of her. But a woman of strength gives the best of herself to everyone. Strong woman makes mistakes and avoid the same mistakes in the future. A woman of strength realizes life's mistakes can also be used by God and capitalize on them. Strong woman walks sure-footedly, but a woman of strength knows God will catch her when she falls. Strong woman wears a look of confidence on her face, but a woman of strength wears grace. A strong woman has the faith that she is strong enough for the journey, but a woman of strength has faith, faith that, that is in the journey. A woman of strength has faith that it is in the journey that she will become strong. See, moms teach us many things. Moms are there. We talked about the strength of moms, and there's just something about them that I believe God put in there. Moms are the most unbelievable multitaskers I've ever seen. You know, I had some realization one day that it wasn't like manna dropping from heaven that all my T-shirts and underwear and all my clothes are in my thing and in my closet all hung up and folded. It wasn't like it fell out of heaven from manna. And I realized one day, wow, it wasn't? You mean my wife is doing that this whole time? Yeah. My wife goes somewhere and she gets 16 phone calls. Where's my socks? Where's my shoes? Where's the pots? Where's the pan? Where's this again? Well, it's behind this. No, it's not there. And then, this is the bad one. I'm in the refrigerator. It's not there, honey. It's right there behind. No, it's not there. Clump, clump, clump. Down the stairs she comes, moves one thing. It's right there, right where I told you. It wasn't there a minute ago. They've got x-ray vision. <laughs> There's something about it. In my, my children, they grew up. I'm really thinking that things just appeared in their bedroom, just all folded and laundry clean and everything. They've learned since then that's not the case. See, what can you learn from your mom? Moms teach us about foresight. foresight. 
Things like, make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're hit in a car accident. Mothers teach us about logic. If you fall out of that tree and break your neck, don't come crying to me. Mothers teach us about religion. You better pray that comes out of the carpet. Mothers teach us about time travel. You don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. Mothers teach us about contradictions. Shut your mouth and eat your dinner. Mm-hmm. Mothers teach us about contortionism. Will you look at the dirt on the back of your neck? Mothers teach us about perseverance. You're going to sit there, you're going to sit here until you eat every last piece of that broccoli. Mothers teach us about genetics. You're just like your father. <laughs> Mothers teach us about the weather. Looks like a tornado swept through your room. Mothers teach us also about the cycle of life. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. We can learn much from mothers. Mothers are amazing things. When God put them together the day God created mothers, he had already worked long overtime. And an angel said to him, Lord, you sure are spending a lot of time on this one. The Lord turned and said, have you read the specs on this model? She's supposed to be completely washable, but not plastic. She's to have 180 moving parts, all of them replaceable. She is to have, to have a kiss that will heal everything from a broken leg to a broken heart. She's to have to have a lap that will disappear whenever she stands up. She's able, she is able to function on black coffee and leftovers. She's supposed to have six pairs of hands. Six pairs of hands, said the angel. That's impossible. Oh, it's not the six pairs of hands that bother me, said the Lord. It's the three pairs of eyes. She's supposed to have one pair that sees through closed doors. So that she'll, Whenever she says, what are you kids doing in there? She already knows what they're doing in there. She has to have another pair in the back of her head to see all the things she's not supposed to see but must see. Then she has one pair right in front that can look at a child that just goofed and communicate love and understanding without saying a word. That's too much, said the angel. You can't put that much in one model. It'll break. Why don't you just rest for a while and resume your creating tomorrow? Nope, I can't, said the Lord. I'm close to creating someone very much like myself. I've already come up with a model who can heal herself when she's sick, who can feed a family of six with one pound of hamburger, and who can persuade a nine-year-old to take a shower. <clears throat> then the angel looked at the model of motherhood a little more closely and said, ah, she's too soft. Oh, but she's tough, said the Lord. You'd be surprised how much this mother can do. Can she think, asked the angel. Not only can she think, said the Lord, but she can reason and compromise and persuade. Then the angel reached over and touched her cheek. This one has a leak, he said. I told you you couldn't put that much in one model. That's not a leak, said the Lord. That's a tear. What's the tear for? Well, it's for joy, for sadness, for sorrow, for disappointment, and for pride. All of these things that God put in a mother. You see, 
I'm going to share one more thing with you. And I know I've done read a lot of stories today, and, but I gave you some examples of some strong mothers and some caring mothers. And, and if you look in the scriptures, the ones that I talked about, you can find all these things. I don't want any mother ever to feel like you have failed, no matter how bad things look or how bad things seem. It all began to make sense. I'm going to close with this. The blank stares, the lack of response, the way one of the kids will walk into the room while I'm on the phone and ask to, t to be taken to the store. Inside, I'm thinking, can't you see I'm on the phone? Obviously not. No one can see if I'm on the phone or cooking or sweeping the floor or even standing on my head in the corner because no one can see me at all. I'm invisible, the invisible mom. Some days, I am only a pair of hands, nothing more. Can you fix this? Can you tie this? Can you open this? Someday, I'm not a pair of hands. I'm not even a human being. I'm a clock to ask, what time is it? I'm a satellite guide to answer, what number is the Disney Channel on? I'm a car to order, right around 5.30, please. Some days, I'm a crystal ball. Where's my other sock? Where's my phone? What's for dinner? I was certain that these were the hands that once held books and eyes that studied history, music, and literature, but now they had disappeared into a, the peanut butter, never to be seen again. She's going, she's going, she's gone. One night, a group of us were having dinner, celebrating the return of a friend from England. She had just gotten back from a fabulous trip, and she was going on and on about the hotel she stayed in. I was sitting there looking around at the others, all put together so well. It was hard not to compare and feel sorry for myself. I was feeling pretty pathetic. When she turned to me with a beautifully wrapped package, she said, I brought you this. It was a book on the great cathedrals of Europe. I wasn't exactly sure why she'd given it to me until I read her inscription. With admiration for the greatness of what you are building when no one sees. In the days ahead, I would read, no devour the book. And I would discover what would become for me. Four life-changing truths after which I could pattern my work. No one can say who built the great cathedrals. We have no record of their names. These builders gave their whole lives for a work they would never see finished. They made great sacrifices expected no credit. The passion of their building was fueled by their faith that the eyes of God saw everything. A story of the legend of the book told of a rich man who came to visit the cathedral while it was being built and he saw a workman carving a tiny bird on the inside of a beam. He was puzzled and asked a man, why are you spending so much time carving that bird into a beam that will be covered by a roof? No one will ever see it. And the workman replied, because God sees. I closed the book feeling the missing pieces fall into place. It was almost as if I heard God whispering to me, I see you. I see the sacrifices you make every day, even when no one around you does. No act of kindness you've done, no sequin you've sown, no cupcake you've baked, no Cub Scout meeting, no last-minute errand is too small for me to notice and smile. You're building a great cathedral, but you can't see right now what it will become. I keep the right perspective when I see myself as a great builder, as one of the people who show up at the job that they will never see finished to the work that something will never have their name on it. The writer of the book went so far as to say that no cathedrals could ever be built in our lifetime because there are so few people willing to sacrifice to that degree. When I really think about it, I don't want my son, now listen to this carefully, 
I don't want my son to tell the friends he's bringing home from college for Thanksgiving. My mom gets up at 4 in the morning and bakes homemade pies. And then she has based, hand based a turkey for three hours, presses all the linens for the table. That would mean I built a monument for, to myself. I just want him to come home. And then if there's anything more to say to his friend, he'd say, you're going to love it there. As mothers, you are building great cathedrals. You may not be able to see if you're doing it right, and one day it's very possible the world will marvel over what you have built. Not only at what you've built, but at the beauty that has been added to the world by the sacrifices of you invisible moms. So today, I just want to thank you and honor you for being mothers, spiritual mothers, biological mothers, whatever kind of mother you are. You've been a mother to someone that's not even your child. I want to thank you because you're making a difference. You're making a difference in people's lives. So let's not diminish motherhood and what all that means. I just want to thank you for continuing to be what you're supposed to be and just continue to continue to continue sowing and being that quote, quote, invisible mom because the things you do are not invisible to God and many others. So let me just pray for you today. Father, I thank you for our moms that are here, those that want to be moms. Lord, I thank you that when you created them, you created them in a special, special way. Lord, I thank you for the spiritual moms in this house today. Lord, I pray that you would just bless them in a mighty, mighty, mighty way today. Lord, as the world just continues to try to diminish the role of mothers and, and women's, women in the home, Lord, we know that it's one of the greatest callings that a woman can have. And Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that you are going to use these women, these mothers, in a powerful way to build great cathedrals for the future. And I thank you, Lord, that all the time and all the energy and all the things that they're sowing right now into their children and into their spiritual children, Lord, will come to fruit. And we'll see it one day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for being here. Go enjoy this sunny Sunday afternoon. Give moms a hug. Take them to dinner. Make a dinner for them. Whatever you got to do, honor them today. Amen.